We are in the fifth part of our Add to Your Faith series. And uh, if you've got your Version app or your notes, we're going to go ahead and um, uh, get into this. Um, we've been looking at this passage out of 2 Peter 1 because we're wanting to grow. God wants us to grow. How awesome is it that we come to God? He meets us where we are right where we are we don't have to kind of clean our lives up a little bit before we finally say yes to god no he meets us in the gutter in our mess in our mistakes in our jacked upness he meets us right there but he loves us so much that he doesn't leave us there and he begins to work from the inside out that's why some of us still looked a little bit jacked up as we're growing and that's why we can't be all super judgmental on each other and say well if you if you really had a relationship with God, you wouldn't do this or that. Well, maybe you wouldn't be judgmental. And so, um, but, uh, but we have to grow from the inside out. And God begins to work on different pieces of us and change us and mold us. And, but we have to be aware of it and excited about it and embrace it. And that's what this series is about. See, our relationship with God should be about knowing God better and trusting Him more. And as we live this out, our faith grows and impacts our entire lives. There's not a, any piece of our lives that isn't impacted. Our friendships, our finances, our, our, the way we handle ourselves at work, our recreation activities, every piece of our lives begins to be guided and honed by our relationship with God and the new creation that he's making us, the, that work. It impacts our whole lives. Second Peter 1, jumping into 5, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. To add to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance which is the topic of the day and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they just keep growing guess what going from a, a point five to a point eight is growing okay we tend to think of these well i need to be an eight and move to a nine move to a hundred move all these different things just let's just have some growth in these let's just embrace that concept it says, but if you'll possess these qualities in increasing measure, then you will keep, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Which sadly, a whole lot of people who aren't letting God grow them are in that spot. They're being ineffective and unproductive in their knowledge of the Lord. They have the knowledge of the Lord. They, if they said yeah, they're children of God. They're just not being effective and productive. We don't want to be those. We don't want to be in that camp. It says, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and even blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Remember again, as we talk about this add to your faith thing, this isn't so that we can learn how to, to, to be perfect little Christ followers so that we uh, have, keep our salvation and keep our relationship with God. Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to blow it and we're going we're gonna to be away from God again. Know that we are saved by the grace of God, us believing that and having a relationship with that, with God. That's what this is about. And that we remember growing all of this is staying in a place of remembrance that we've been cleansed. We've been cleansed from our past sins. This, those things aren't holding on to us. And we can move forward with God. And as we're looking at perseverance, 
Perseverance is one of those, like last week we, we uh, talked about self-control. Self-control can kind of be that concept that all of a sudden it's this pressure on us. And really self-control is us giving control to God. That is our self-control. Well, perseverance is again about trusting God and letting his strength hold us up. That's what this is about. That's what perseverance is. We can tend to think, and even our little graphic has a little guy pushing the, the, the deal up the wall, and in our minds we'll think that's what perseverance is, is standing under the heavy load. But really what it is about is about this place of trusting for him to do the work in us. Second Thessalonians 1, 3 through 4 says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Your faith is growing. Your love is increasing. Your love that you have for one another. Remember, that's the, that's the stuff. Love God, love others. All these core things are happening. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. That that is what this is about that that is what this is about is that we are moving forward in all the work that god is doing in our lives that we're growing in these things and we we tend to try to avoid stuff that's difficult most of us do most of us don't just enjoy doing tons and tons of difficult stuff. Sometimes even when we decide to do something difficult. Sometimes we decide to do something challenging. When I was coming up and going to be embracing my 35th birthday, we had been on, we were still on the trip back when we were traveling in 08. We had been in tons of RV parks, checking out churches and all this stuff. And part of the exercise you can do anywhere Without having to be a, find a gym, as you can go jog anywhere. And a lot of pretty places that we stayed, and so me and the kids would go out and jog. And, and I'm not athletic, and I've shared with you all that before. I'm just not. But I wanted to do something that was athletic. So if you have a guy that doesn't have any athletic ability and wants to do something athletic, I was like, you know what? I can just pound out a marathon. That's athletic. Nobody will disagree that completing a marathon, that's an athletic thing. And so I was like, here, I'm going to take my unathletic self, and I'm just going to do this. So I began to get ready, and I wanted to complete a marathon by the time I turned 35. Well, we were traveling and all that, and I began to look for a marathon to enter in. And then sure enough, there was one in Odessa, Texas, where my parents live and where I'm from. And I was even part of a church thing, and it was a qualifier for the Boston Marathon, which I was not going to qualify for and um, and so I entered into that, and it was first weekend of October. I'm sure they just had it, and so maybe had it last weekend. They've been having it every year. And um, anyways, and so I began to get ready for it. Well, we were at my parents' a lot, and I was running in town, so I began to run. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I crossed the five-mile, get a five-miler down, and getting ready, and then I finally go out, and I, I run like a 14-mile <clears throat> like run. So I've got a good book in my headphones got my little nike plus thing in my shoe tracking my mileage so i'm not having to run, worry about where i'm running and i'm just running and i'm running in town and i didn't realize until i got out on the course what i was doing subconsciously as i was training because i'm in town there's buildings houses trees all that kind of stuff and if the wind would come 
I just turned. So I'd sit there and I'd be running, listening to my book. And if it's subconscious, if it got a little difficult, I'd just find a new direction. Just go this way, work this way. And never conditioned myself to run against the wind. Well, then we go out and I would go to run. And you basically you run from Odessa and you run to Midland down Highway 191 and you turn around and run back. Just this long, straight shot. Well, man, things were pretty kicking. That morning, got out, doing pretty good. I'd set my pace. And so, and I was like, I'm going to stay to my pace. And all these people were passing me. And I was like, no, nope. I'm not racing against them. I'm going to finish. And all these people, people way older than me, just <laughs> passing me. And I, so I'm like, no, I'm going to stay to my pace. And I get going, and I hit the halfway mark. And I'm slightly ahead of my goal. Ooh, this is awesome. Not realizing the whole way out there that the wind is behind me. No wonder I felt good. No wonder. I, it's the little tailwind. I'm a little ahead of schedule. This is awesome. Didn't know it. Till I turned around. Turned around mile 17. I'm already tired. And for the last nine miles, coming up 191, it was a solid 20 miles an hour gusting to 30. In your face. And so I'm sitting there like, oh. And I'm just going. And finally, I was just toast. I was just done. And I broke stride. And I walked. Oh, so disheartening. I wanted to jog something, keep my legs moving the whole time. And, I, and I'm walking. There was this guy with a little cup of M&M's. They're pouring out the little M&M's. And he's giving you some little chocolate. I walk by and I just grab the whole cup. <laughs> and that guy just looks at me. I just, that wasn't a real good idea either. That's way too much chocolate. But I tell you what, it man, also that stuff, that sugar hits your bloodstream. You know, and um, so then I, I'm coming back. We I'd got up early that morning. My kids had seen me get ready. They'd watch me there. We got started in the dark. The jokers they went home and went back to bed, and came back in hours and hours and hours later to watch Daddy finish. And of course, there we're running on the access road, and I'm. They come up down the highway. And all of a sudden, I hear, honk, honk, honk. They're waving. And I'm walking. <laughs> sure enough, I get to the end, and Carson goes, you walked. <laughs> You're like, all I want to do is collapse. Little kid, I ran a bunch of that. I ran a ton of that. But I sit there, and my, my ability to complete is because I had... I had not prepared because all of these little things I had just avoided. Now, subconsciously, not, not consciously, just these little things that were going to get me ready, I would just avoid. And then all of a sudden when things came up where I really needed the preparation, I wasn't as ready as I could have been. See, this life with God isn't a sprint. We're talking about going the distance. This is a long time. You're going to have some extended headwinds in your life. Man, we've prayed for those people today. They've got a hurricane in their face as a congregation right now. This is not a sprint. This is a long-distance thing. And what gets you ready for the tough times is walking in regular obedience to God. On the, even on the little things. And you hit this little pit of resistance and ah, that's uncomfortable. You're hurting yourself. 
Oh, that's uncomfortable. You're hurting yourself because one of the things the Holy Spirit is working in our lives is this thing of just continuing to stay with Him. He's the one that does the work. But we've got to stay with Him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Paul is done. There's something happening in his life, and we really don't know what's going on. We just know he's prayed, and he's like, I want this gone. I want this out of my life. This is Paul. And God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And he just stayed the course. He just kept going. And God's grace was sufficient for him. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It's not so that my power can be up to the challenge. It's so that Christ's power can rest on me. Remember that First Peter, or Second Peter 1, 1 opens up that his divine power has given us Everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That is why we have to understand who he is, what he's done for us, and begin to rest in that completed work, no matter what it is that life throws at us. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Little by little, I was in my training, I would be, I'd get weary with dealing with the wind and ditch it. And all of a sudden, when I had to deal with it head on, I'm telling you, it was the most taxing physical thing I've ever done in my life. Those nine miles were nine miles of just sheer brutality. It was horrible. But I finished, got my medal, and never doing it again. <laughs> you see, the truth is, is that a faith helps us to get through the tough times without giving up. As your pastor, I so wish that I could just say, you know what, say yes to Jesus and there's not going to be any tough issues in your life. I wish I could tell you that, but guess what? We're still here. And we're still dealing with each other. There's going to be some tough times. Sometimes I may be difficult to deal with, and sometimes you may be difficult to deal with, and sometimes your coworkers may be difficult to deal with, and sometimes just life may be difficult to deal with. In fact, I already talked about this, but John sixteen thirty three, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. He wants us to have peace all the time. Can we have peace in our hearts and be at rest all the time no matter what the whirlwind is? Yes. Yes, we can. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. What a great promise, Jesus. What a great promise. I'm going to have trouble. Now, here's the great promise part. But take heart. Why does he have to remind us to take heart? Because sometimes we're going to feel like losing it. Sometimes we're going to feel like letting go. It says, take heart, because I have overcome the world. Take heart. It is this, this beautiful picture of, of us like being in, inside an airplane. None of us fly on our own. We would love to. We'd love to do a whole Superman thing and take off. But none of us fly on our own. We get inside and we rest in a little seat. And we're covered by thin little aluminum metal. And we got a little engine and propeller that begins to go and create some thrust and offsetting the drag and we've got our the lift begins to work 
And, and all of a sudden, we're off the ground. And it's not by our power. It's by this other power. And we just rest. We just rest. People are flying all over the world right now, all up in the skies, all over the place, resting. Most of them napping, chilling. Some of them a little anxious, but not necessarily need to be. It's not their job to make it fly. That's that picture of us resting in God. He's the one who overcomes. He didn't say, you know what, if you're my follower, you better be an overcomer. I'm not going to have any slackers in my kingdom. I mean, you're not going to say you belong to Jesus Christ if you're some wimpy, give up kind of person. You better get out there and whip it. I took the cross on. I took care of your sins. Now you go take care of everything else. Jesus ain't a football coach. Jesus ain't a marine drill sergeant. He's our savior. God's our father. He's the one who has overcome. He's the one who's overcome. 2 Thessalonians 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Not your own. Remember, he's the one that's overcome the world. It's Christ's perseverance. Be in a place to rest in that he's the one that goes all the way to say it's finished. He's the one that did that. Rest in that. Matthew 11 says, he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. If you're done, if you're ready to give up, guess what? Jesus is the one for you. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This place of perseverance again isn't this just gritting it through. It's this place of, of staying in. Not bailing out. Staying in what he's done. You are safe in the airplane. I'm finally back to the place of wanting to skydive again. I wanted to skydive and, and I just I never did it. And then I began to get my pilot's license. And as I was getting my license, I would get up there and I'd be chilling at around 8,000 feet and doing my maneuvers. And I would look out of the window and think about jumping out. Just that whole concept of somebody like getting out of this little safe thing. As if a little four-place is safe, but... It is. And then all of a sudden, my stomach would drop, and I was like, what kind of crazy people do that? Then after flying for a while, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to jump out at all. I didn't want to bail out. Well, I've, I've not flown in a few years, and now I'm ready to jump again. And, uh, but uh, that whole concept of that we're safe we, when we stay right there. Could anybody in that little place decide to open the door and bail out? Sure. But that's where the destruction comes from. That's where the destruction comes from. See, we look to Jesus from start to finish. He's the one that does it over and over again. In fact, look, he's the one that overcomes the world. It's Christ's perseverance. Come to me, all who are weary. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. 
You say, man, at Celebration Church, y'all talk about what Jesus did a lot. Yes, we do. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're living in. He's the one that did the work. We get all the benefits. It's not fair, but it's awesome. And we're going to take it. We look to him from start to finish. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 11 is this hall of faith. It is just person after person who stayed with God and saw the promise come about. And just person after person. That last of Hebrews 11, in fact, the last few verses right before 12, are people who stayed believing that the promise was going to be fulfilled after their death. They didn't even see it in their lifetime, but they stayed connected, and it was fulfilled in Jesus. It says, Therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. Let us move forward with perseverance. Let us keep on going with perseverance. The race that is marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. As I was running that marathon at mile nine, it was just miserable. But there, the first thing as you were coming up into town on that side of the loop as I was going back, the biggest thing out there was that church that was the finish line. And I began to see that and all of a sudden when I saw the finish was out there, Man, strength just came back. All of a sudden, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I got a, Honestly, I got a little overzealous in mile 22. It was my fastest mile of the whole marathon, which is not a good idea. And, um, and so it wore myself out again. But keeping my eyes on that finish, it just renewed me. It renewed that. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy... He endured. For the joy, he endured. What was that joy? Was it the beatings? Was it the spit in the face? Was it the, the stuff that was ripped out of his beard? Was it hanging up there being ridiculed and mocked? No, it was the fact that all of that was paying for mine and yours and every person's sin and providing a way back to daddy. That was the joy. Brandon Clark being reconnected with the Father, that was Jesus' joy. You being reconnected with the Father, that was Jesus' joy. And it brought him to the end. He carried it forward. Scorning at shame and it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, perseverance is hope holding on and knowing that the end result will be worth it. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. As we are moving forward in our relationship with God, is it necessarily going to go in the linear path you think it's going to go in? Probably not. Is it going to be as smooth as you hope it to be? Probably not. 
But if we will stay connected with him and let him continue to work, it will produce the results. It will. We will become mature. We will grow up in this. We will not fight these same battles over and over forever. We won't. That's a promise. We won't. I love the story of Florence Chadwick, who was the first woman to swim the English Channel. And then she decided in July of 51 that she was going to attempt to swim the gap between Catalina Island and the California coast. And the biggest concern on that was that the waters, even in the 4th of July over there, are so stinking cold. And so she was just really, really cold. And it's... uh, um, so as she's having to make this swim, the day she chose to pick it, it was super foggy. And she jumps into the water, starts her swim, and swims all of this distance. Swims all this distance, 15 stinking miles out there in the ocean. Swims forever. An Ironman triathlon, where they run a full-out marathon and bike 112 miles. The swim part's 2.2, Okay. That's a hard bike. That's a hard run. And the swim's 2.2. This is the lady swimming 15 plus miles in the ocean. She gets 15 miles out. It's foggy. She can't see the coast. She can't see the island. She quits, not realizing that she was half a mile from shore. She done all that distance. She quits. Pull her out of the water. They interview her. And they say... Uh, they say, you know what, you know, how do you, how do you feel about this? She's like, well, maybe if I could have seen, maybe if I could have seen the shore, I'd have, I'd have done it. I was just exhausted. I couldn't see it. I, I was just done. She just, she just had quit. She just bailed out. Thank goodness she was a tenacious woman, and she decided to do it again. Sets the date, gets everything going, shows up to jump in the water, fully fogged again. She jumps in the water, she swims, and she swims with such determination that not only does she get to the other side, she breaks the men's record for that swim by two hours. Kills it by two hours. The reporters ask her, what was the difference? And she said, I just swam knowing that what I couldn't see was really there. Folks, we, that is living based on the promise. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So many times we want to give up right before the breakthrough, right before everything shifts around, right before. This perseverance keeps us rolling forward that even though it looks like it's just one more three meter length of nothing but fog, and I've done this for hour after hour, that we know that the promise is there. It's there. Hebrews 10, 6, 10, 6 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and, your, and <clears throat> the love that you have shown him if you have help, helped his people and continue to help them. We want <clears throat> each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you ha- hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy or to overly relax, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Perseverance is just staying with it, staying in Christ, letting Him go ahead and finish. 
Just letting him go ahead and finish. For us to bail out is like sitting there and getting in your in the barber's chair and them doing two snips and you go, hey, forget it. I'm done with this. Woo. I'm pretty sure whatever the outcome is going to be, if you let them go, is going to be better than what you got right at that moment. Let's stay. Let's, we would say yes to him. We let him work in our lives. Let's carry it on to the very end. The truth is if we continue to grow in our faith, then we will be truly effective and productive in our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will be. Sometimes I know that it feels like, man, Pastor, I've hit my head on the same stuff over and over again. Let the Spirit have its work. Let the Spirit have its work. We have this promise. He will turn. Things will shift. And where this all begins... This launching place is this beautiful spot of just saying yes to Jesus and becoming a part of the family. You don't have to jump through all these hoops. You don't have to, I don't care what happened last night or even on the way to here or whatever. None of that matters. What matters is the fact is that Jesus really did for the joy that was set before him endure the cross to take care of your sins and the things that separate you from God so that that doesn't have to be there anymore. And it is done. It's done. It's completed. And if that's you this morning, you want to say, I need that. I've not said yes to that. I believe that Jesus really did do that, and I'm going to make that mine. If that's you this morning, then we want to create a quiet moment. If everybody just kind of bow your heads, we want to create a quiet moment. If that's you, say, Brandon, I just, I just want to embrace that. I want to say yes to that. And just raise your hand up, and we want to pray with you. Awesome. Awesome. Believers, I just ask you to join them in prayer. These aren't magic words. What makes the difference is you you making them your own. And just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he did endure the cross. That he did pay the price. And my sin are paid for. Based on what he did. I believe it. And it's mine today. Today I'm your child. You've adopted me as your own. And I'm going to choose to stay the course. And let your spirit work in me. I'm tired of fixing myself. I'm going to let you fix me. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.